was like, okay, whatever. Okay, I'll let them whatever. tell me what's going on. It's I'll... not whatever. This is the AT Banter Podcast, Liz. <laughs> That's right. This is a high priority event. A hot seat. <laughs> Life comes there you to go. a halt. There you go. <laughs> I got my cowbell. Oh, did you really? Excellent. Oh, you said you went. Oh, excellent. Yeah, I, I know. know how to, I don't it's, know how to do. Like, what do well, you send you the little? Did he send you yes, the little ones? Yes. Yeah, that's not really an actual cowbell that we use. Why that's didn't like, he send you the ones that we sell on our website? That is the ones we sell on our website, isn't it? No, I thought he had some bigger ones. Maybe. No, we'll have to ask Steve about that. I don't think he did. I've never oh, seen okay. them. I didn't even get one of those if we did. If he did, we actually yeah, have our actual branded cowbell. Like, that's a big deal. So is a, this is definitely, okay, so if you have a big one, I, then this is me. I, this is cow, yeah, cowbell yeah. light. Mine's like a, yeah, cowbell yeah, light. Yeah, I know. It's there. It's probably a choking Stop hazard. Complaining. It's, My it's God. probably, we should probably <laughs> just on, recall them. It's probably, heads. we have to probably put it's the. My, it's a daintier pod, a daintier yes, cowbell. Right. Sure. It's, yeah, it's, it's true. It's a banter bit cowbell. It's like cowbell, B-E-L-L-E. Mm. Yeah. It's a great idea. We should have made them pink. Cowbell. It's a cowbell. See, look at this. Ed. Liz working overtime. Do it all the marketing. Recording in progress. Hey, and welcome to another episode of AT Banter. Banter, banter. Hey, this is, of course, the podcast where we talk with advocates and members of the disability community to educate and inspire better conversation about disability. Hey, my name is Rob Minot. Joining me today, Mr. Ryan Flurry. Hello, everybody. And hey, hey, look who it is. It's Mr. Steve Barkley. Where? Where am I? Am I here? Well. You are you are most definitely here. And not only that, we've thrown in for the price of admission the one, the only, making her triumphant return to the podcast after one week of being away where things totally fell into massive amounts of chaos. Miss Liz Malone. I never pay admission. I'm like kind of a sneaking in the back door kind of gal, you know? Yeah, I can, I can, I can relate to that. I've, I've climbed into a few trunks. To get into the oh. No, you've been stuffed into a few trunks. It's, 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 it's a minor detail, minor, minor difference. Uh, but enough of that. I am really super excited about today's show. So I don't want to waste any more time. Ryan, could you tell the fine folks at home uh, what the heck we're doing today? Yeah, today we are so happy to have with us the hosts of AMI's Kelly and Company, Ramya Amuthan and Kelly McDonald. Hello. Hey, guys. Woo. Yeah, we are so excited to be able to talk to you guys. Uh, thanks so much for joining us. I don't even know where to start, I'll be honest. Um, why don't we start by just, for those people who are out there in our audience that maybe have been in a cave for the last, I don't know, five years, uh, or may not be uh, familiar with AMI or the show. Can you give us just a little bit of a, a snapshot of, of AMI itself and and a little bit about the show? Rum. Else. <laughs> just like the Hi. program. Nice to talk to you, right? Yeah, right. Uh, AMI has uh, three services. We have our AMI Tele out of, out of Montreal. We have AMI TV uh, and AMI Audio that both operate out of Toronto main headquarters or on main campus, as I like to refer to it. We do have offices around the country. The mandate is to make media accessible out there to the low vision and blind community. However... Um, we love to tell the stories exclusively, uh, inclusively uh, from the disability community and more. So really, we are looking at a way of just sharing what stories we want to tell in an accessible format. So AMI-audio is truly that, an audio service. AMI-tv is a full service TV channel. Everything on AMI-tv has uh, audio description in one form or another. And, of course, when we tell stories on AMI-audio, same thing. That's where Kelly and company lays on AMI-audio. And uh, AMI-tele under the same mandate as a full-service TV station. We have a 911 carriage, which means we are available through all the satellite providers and cable companies across Canada and mandated to be so. Um, as many years back, it was discovered that Reading and access to media, print media particularly, was just as important for the low vision and blind community 
as it was for the sighted community. So what uh, morphed from a reading service once it got on the air has now become other uh, properties such as uh, AMI-TV and uh, AMI-TELA. Okay, and now I can tell you a bit about Kelly and Company. So Kelly and Company is the show on AMI-audio, the afternoon show uh, that's live every day, Monday to Friday, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern time, where Kelly and I sit down, we talk a lot, uh, and then here and there we also listen to people because people come on the show to talk about anything and everything. Honestly, we cover lifestyle, entertainment, arts, um, culture, disability, of course, because both Kelly and I have low vision and uh, we can talk firsthand about uh, a lot of the stuff that comes to the table. And we love sharing the opportunity with other members of the disability community, with experts in all kinds of fields from sports to uh, independent living to mobility to travel um etc etc whatever you're interested in we've most likely talked about it or if you tell us you want to hear about it we can bring it on the show and uh that's that's just a lot of learning for us monday to friday yeah i'll bet and and so and how long has the show actually been running for we just celebrated our five-year anniversary. Kelly's been there the whole time. That's why it's uh, named after him, and I squeeze myself in a bit after. But, uh, yeah, on October 31st, 2021. Right, Kels? I got that right. Uh, yes, yes, it. that's right. Yeah. For our the fifth five. anniversary. Mm -hmm. Now, do you guys both have a broadcasting background, or, or how did you guys actually end up here? I went to Seneca College for radio. Uh, that was the last thing I did before getting a full-time job because before that I was doing a lot of exploration, um, you know, trying to figure out what I wanted to do, if I wanted to do what I thought I wanted to do for real. It's, it's just so many questions. Full uh, truth. Hmm? Tell the full truth. Well, listen, it all comes with part of the story, right? So I went to Ryerson for English, then I went to York for music, and then I took a year off of school. And this is all after leaving high school uh, and going straight into post-secondary. And all that time, radio, media, presentation, performance was not on the radar for me because my mom... Ah, yes. Full on did that her entire life um, and has all the the broadcast background back uh, in Sri Lanka where she was born and raised and then here when we moved to Canada and I was like well I'm not going to do this because I don't want to do it I've seen you do it I don't think that this is for me and then <laughs> afterwards I uh, fell right into it and here I am straight from school. I like hearing that story myself. Uh, for me, I went to broadcast school at Fanshawe College in London. I had, since I was a kid, wanted to do something in broadcasting. And those many, many, many moons ago, long time ago, uh, really, it was to just sit there on air. I would have been quite happy just saying, hey, coming up, the next song is, hey, that was. Uh, I really aspired to just be that on-air guy. Went to college finally and got the credentials, couldn't do the production work at the time. The technology was all analog and what little bit of digital there was starting to be wasn't accessible at the time. So I ended up kind of just doing a makeup paper for my final year at Fanshawe, went through and about four years later, got a job at AMI as well as CJCS Radio in um, Stratford, Ontario, where there I did some uh, overnight work, very you know, limited. Uh, but the funny thing is the job I got at AMI at that point was digital production because things had moved forward enough then we were able to record the volunteers that were coming in at the time and produce programs when we were a full-fledged reading service so I've been stuck there and enjoying a life of doing different things and, and living the dream of broadcast work in some form or another for over 20 years wow and so and that's got to be that's got to be so draining I mean talking for for 10 hours a week on air live um, you know, we've been we've been kicking around the idea of doing a, a live show for for years. You know, just one out of the year, and no, we, we, we are doing. Yeah, we're scared show. to we're scared to, or some of us are scared to death to try it. Um, but so, but can you walk us through like what it, what's that? What is that like? Uh, it, it do you find it really draining, or you know, it, it, do you guys both kind of just have enough of a rapport and you've got it down to a to a system where it just it feels effortless at this point? Um. I think we've got an, uh, we're very fortunate to have a great rapport. Um, when we started working together, it fell in really easy. Ramya, for me, as the person who, you know, was, was lead on the show, fell right in basically saying, what do you need from me? What do you want me to do? 
And because we have the same very love, we love to laugh. We love to learn and listen to people. We always feel like it's we show up for class at 2 p.m. Eastern time. And we also get to be the class clowns. We get a variety of different subjects, which very much keeps our attention and keeps us listening. Uh, we're able to settle back. And once you start messing around doing it, it becomes old hat. The, the, the trick is not to let yourself relax too much because anything, as you talked about being live, can happen at any time, such as, yeah, this guest isn't here. Oh, guys, we're having crop. <laughs> Kelly dropped off. Rum ya. Carry the rest of the show. So we've worked on every scenario that we think we could have happen. And then something happens and add some more rum. and and for Kels you know this was dream come true if you don't mind me saying Kels right like you he's always been an on-air guy always been the radio guy always had this idea like when he was approached to create Kelly and company it was ground up building for Kels whereas for me um I was doing all kinds of other things and then they were like hey there's the on-air gig and we want you to take it and I was like uh I don't want to be on air that was not at all part of anything that I thought I'd be doing. I was Rum was a student when we started Yeah, and, and, and her growth and the opportunity to get in there. Like I've said to Ramya, my God, to have that opportunity. The last time I recall that happening was, Oh, me. And just getting that chance to jump in, to be told, have fun with it. And this big playground laid out. Uh, and you guys know as, as persons with disabilities, it is not easy to make your way, let alone, as Rum said, for me, the, the the childhood dream being able to mess around. Now, when I started AMI, did I want to do production? Did I want to move off to doing internet stuff? Did I think I would want to do TV, which is what I started doing in 2011? I left TV uh, being a reporter on cam to do this because this was the dream that took over 20 years to happen. Mm-hmm. And whereas for me, I was really just learning on the job. And it was kind of like a personal and professional project altogether where I was uh, really trying to hone in my skills on doing live radio, doing on air, being able to read scripts, um, and of course, focusing on the, the background of it and producing, but the on air part of it to just have a two hour attention span of mm. anything is something <laughs> to work on, yeah. um, for sure, for sure. And we were told to create the show when we started, create it in such a way that persons with disabilities could run this show and that meant all right how are we working with screen readers how are we doing this what do we need included in our our on-air script and and when we say script it's it's not verbatim of course it's it's the guide as to what's coming up what questions we're asking a guest with full openness uh, to to do follow-ups to add whatever we want to it so we'll meet about that kind of stuff around 11 45 in the morning have a what's to be really a 10 minute meeting, which sometimes, well, we've had to put rules on our own meetings because they'd stretch into a half hour and a good chunk of that was talking about all that great stuff like um, sports. Um, <laughs> all right, for a couple of us anyway, not for for some. Uh, <laughs> and then we meet back a half hour before the show because we're now doing the show completely from home and have been, uh, I've done it for about four years, but when the pandemic hit, the whole team moved to doing it from home. And uh, so we meet, make sure everything's a go and uh, pull whatever news clips, things we want to use from CP, um, Ramya uh, as, as co-producer with Jeff Ryman, our other co-producer, make sure our guests are lined up. The contributors all do their thing. Ramya interacts with them. So we have a bunch, Ram, you know the number. How, how many how many contributors do we have and community reporters? Like 38 now, if not just over 40. Right. And some are... Once a month they're on the show, some are bi-weekly and some every week. Um, so we have a lot of, of things that bring, because per day we do six interviews. And that's and when we say that with mainly our contributors or community reporters, which bring stuff to us from all over the country, and also externals. We have spots where we are filling in uh, 12, 14-minute br- uh, blocks with individuals that we bring in to that we, oh, this this seems like a great topic. This fits Kelly and company. And the show is really all about, first off, educating, then we get into lifestyle, health, and entertainment. So it's a, we're blessed to be able to have so much we can talk about. 
I if I may, I'd love to pull back the curtain a little bit to kind of get some of the inner workings on how you guys actually produce the show. So since the two of you are both low vision, I'm curious to know what kind of tools you guys are using to kind of help you with your show prep and actually, uh, you know, following notes and, and sort of staying on pace for doing a live show. Yeah. So behind the scenes, um, I coordinate a lot with the contributors, the regular contributors, as Kelly points out, people who come on uh, weekly, biweekly and monthly. I coordinate with them. They send their notes through to me. I uh, create a full show script with all that stuff. As Matt Agnew, our technical producer, says it, it's a lot of copying and pasting. And we put that together for the show script, which then gets handed out to everybody. And of course, uh, things go up on the blog at ami.ca slash kellyco. We podcast out the show, so information goes up there. Um, and in terms of how we prep individually for the show, I, first of all, Kelly and I both have to format the heck out of our scripts. So you see a full show script uh, with everything in it. And then what I use to actually do the show while doing the show is this skeleton of a script that in, um, in essence is readable for me, a readable meaning with screen readers. So the way that I read my script as well as Kelly, we uh, use a screen reader in our ears and it reads to us and then we read out loud. So that kind of reading um, obviously is not visual and it's not tactile in, in terms of braille. So we get this information, which is an extra piece, extra element in our ears along with the guests along with Matt, who's in our ears telling us, uh, you know, you have two minutes left, you have three minutes left. Oh, this is the pronunciation for this person's name, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and then, of course, having to hear each other and carry on conversations and, and be engaged as well. So there's just a lot of audio coming in and processing that way. Um, so honestly, a lot of it is just practicing or not practicing like two hours before the show starts so that I can memorize my script, but practicing over and over again to create, to continue making the skill better and better in terms of being able to read with the screen reader in our ears. Yeah, I can only imagine. See, that's totally what we need, you guys. We, we, I, I need somebody in my ear. Mm -hmm. totally. Oh, I don't know, man. Some of the things Matt says in our ear, <laughs> we, we get carried away and, and laughing because we have so much fun with what we do. Uh, and he also gives us, of course, our time cues. But then again, sometimes he's got to, hey, hey, your, your, your volume's dropping. Or well, I remember that when we first started, we drift off the microphone a bit like that. <laughs> and, you know, he'd be, uh, you know, uh, or talking over each other. And that's one thing when we add our other uh, co-producer, Jeff, we'll get carrying on doing one of the segments and, blah, 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 and all we'll hear in our ear talking over each other. <laughs> <laughs> so we get the reminder. Oh, OK. Um, but I think with with the skill that we've had from reading, especially if we have a promo to read, we have something that's coming that we want to um, mention that has come down the line, an event coming up that we need to put out over the year. And, and we have to we keep it very much in mind. We're a national show. We have to watch what things we're throwing out there. Hey, there's an event here and there. Well, you know, sometimes you, you get to where, well, the, you want to not exclude people or have people. Oh, that's a reason to tune out um, because you couldn't be doing that every day and read everybody's deservedly um, promotional stuff that comes into us about events. That's what we're hoping with the community reporters take care of as much as, as they can. And they can only do so much you know, once a month, but it is a lot of fun. It's a, we are very lucky to be able to carry on and have all the others that support what we do. And I think for me, once I format my script, I'm in there messing. That's the most time I need to spend with it. Um, I, I will let Rum know what uh, intros and extras she's handling when it comes into when we return back to a segment and I hand it over to her. Uh, sometimes there's certain reads that she'll do, certain reads that uh, I will do. And I think when we do, when we ask follow-up questions, once in a while we'll do the little bump into each other, but we really pretty well know we have little signals to the other auditorily so i know if Ramya really i know she's got a, a follow-up question there's just little things we've learned we've we've taught each other that we do so i know wait wait rum's got a follow-up because we talk every day um on air there is a lot of just you pick up on each other's signs and signals like kelly's saying but let's say kelly takes a week off and then he comes back it's like you gotta start not from scratch but almost and that's when there's a lot of talking over 
Oh, yeah. And you'll have the mud days, right? Where we just, your head's not as in it or your mouth doesn't catch up to your brain and you're sitting there. Um, I, I sometimes will gap on our phone numbers. Yeah, give us a call. one 866 And I, I gap because I changed the rhythm. And all of a sudden I'm saying, yeah, you can leave a message there. Let us know what show it's for and give us permission to use it on air. That's one eight. That's the number. I yeah, we can re- we can relate to that. <laughs> Guys, I think it took us, what, two years, I think, before we managed to get the email correct. And then we changed it. <laughs> and then we changed it. Right. Oh, yes. We know that feeling. At Are you comfortable? The- yeah, change it. At the end of the show, I'm the guy who always gives the uh, social media, you know, Facebook yes. and, and uh, Twitter. I, I, I don't know what our addresses are there. No idea. <laughs> That's right. We never tried to learn. Well, the best part was we used to be 3 to 5 p.m. Eastern. Stop it. And then we got moved to 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern. Stop and Kelly it. still books people for 4.15 and 4.15. Tr- I can't. I'll sit there. And it took me forever. And then came this darn phone number. Once I got that down, then came the phone number blank. Once in a while, they wouldn't let me live that down. But I still will sit there. And I really double check when I'm booking people for our roundtable. I'll make sure. And I'm terrified if I have anyone from the West Coast out there with you guys. I'm terrified. That, okay, I know. I know my times. I know three hours. But I don't trust my math or maybe i'm still putting the show from three to five Uh oh <laughs> yeah scheduling is tricky well i'm the lone um east coast timer in our merry little podcast group of misfits and so sometimes uh i'm like dude like that's like like date night that's late i want to <laughs> don't book it for then <laughs> like you guys are like yeah it's like five i'm like damn it's like eight p.m. i want to go <laughs> Date nights come second to the show. No, 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 no. Honestly, nothing, Liz, nothing got... comes second to date nights. Just, <laughs> just putting that out there. If you've got a date, all you got to do is just tell us, "Hey, I've got a date," and that'll let you off the hook, <laughs> and it'll give us something to speculate wildly about. And they'll do it while you're not there, and when you return, they'll do it as well. There'll be two shows of, "Oh, that's father for us." That's right. <laughs> Uh, so talk to me a little bit about about this COVID pivot. Uh, was it was it tricky to sort of move everything remotely or were you guys kind of um, kind of set up in that sense anyways? And so it was pretty painless for me. No, because of working from home, um, the team itself, we, we had always had that somewhat of a temperament, but it was one we were told we were going to do some tests. And those tests for us didn't happen, but we had already been set up for them to do everything from home. So we finished on a Friday uh, with everybody going into offices on all the shows. And Monday, I think, am I remembering correctly? Yeah, I think so. That on the Monday, we started that way with everybody at home. Yeah, it was like right away. Um, Same here. I already have a lot of audio setup stuff at home anyway, doing um, other vocal projects or I should say voiceover projects and narration things um, and just collecting audio. Uh, So because of that, I think most of us were pretty ready for the transition. And then we just kept our fingers crossed because we like it. Well, you know, it's funny, I'll occasionally talk to other podcasters and, and we'll sort of swap stories and, and I'll, I'll tell them that, that, you know, I do a weekly podcast and they go, oh my God, are you crazy? Like, how do you, how do you manage that schedule and, and why? Like, why would you do that <laughs> to yourself? And, you know, quite often my, my answer is that, and I think that I, that I can speak for, for all of us, um, one of the incredibly valuable things that, that we get out of the podcast on, on a personal level is just the amount, the sheer amount of learning that happens mm-hmm. when you're out there and you're in the community and you're talking to, to advocates, you're talking to members of the community. Um, it's just, it's been such an incredibly fulfilling and, and growing experience having this podcast. Um, is do you guys kind of feel the same way because you guys are dialed into not only the, you know the the community locally over there but right across the country with you know talking to all the community reporters and stuff like that like what's that like for you guys personally I totally agree um this is you know from all the years 
of being on Kelly and Company, there's of course so much to digest of the kind of things that we've picked up um, and being informed about. But even on just a daily basis, like if I were to say, you know, Monday we learned about this, 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 and this, there's six interviews, as Kelly pointed out, six people that you talk to, and that could be um, national, like locally, nationally, even internationally, right? The other day we spoke to someone um, from. Prague? I can't, I can't remember where now, but just getting all kinds of disability news, uh, new technology awareness, uh, updates to things that we're, we've already maybe heard about that somebody's tried out, uh, and just having that kind of direct conversation with people is wonderful. But then there's also things we talk about just about mental health, about um uh, you know, how environment. to keep ourselves, yeah, yeah, our environments, how to keep ourselves physically healthy. And all those things, of course, have a natural disability angle and awareness because the two of us hosting have low vision or maybe the experts who are bringing us the material have low vision or are blind or are disabled. So they know that this kind of information needs to be tackled uh, and and said with this angle of disability because everyone listening is a listening via audio and b um probably someone with a disability and so just it's incredible to have these conversations and is put in parentheses um the disability audience and say this is how we want to present this information in an acceptable I think, way and i think we tend to we know that disabled persons listening in are not interested in hearing disability 24 hours a day. We, we, we are part of the world. We want to know what's going on, what's happening here, what's happening there. But what we are looking for is to be able to understand it in a way that we can understand whether it needs a little more description. So we may pop that question. Well, what, what describe that to us? What does it look like? What's it feel like where somebody talking about something isn't used to, oh, Oh, if they're an external guest that we've brought in, everybody else understands that I'm going to talk about something. I'm able to talk about it from the perspective that I have as that low vision or, or blind person uh, or maybe a person in a wheelchair. And we get so much more understanding of how people do things, what people are thinking, and we get to learn so much. And and for myself, I've always been that person that's nosy, wants to hear what somebody has to say instead of, I don't want to go read about it. I'm more interested in them telling me that story. Uh, and I think interviewing people, I think the key thing is, okay, what would everybody else want to know? What, what am I going to ask this person? Um, you know, I'm curious of this. Somebody else must be, but also keeping in mind, yeah, but this isn't just a Kelly information session. So uh, ask for the audience what they want to know. But there are times we get so caught up in an interview and Matt says in our ear, two minutes, huh? We mean two mi Oh, we just got started. But you just on a show like ours where um, we have two hours and, and limited time to talk to everyone, we really try to get in there and we try to make sure that we have that Rolodex because we know uh, we're going to speak to this person again. Well, you know, and I think that 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 really what you guys are, are talking about, it really highlights the really important thing about AMI in general, and that's that it that it it's providing this place for the community to go and talk about about issues and, and topics that are related to them. But even I think almost just as important is is talking about things in the mainstream but being able to discuss them through that lens of disability that somebody's not going to get in when they, they listen to say, you know, global news about whatever the trucker convoy or, or whatever, just something that's going on. But, but it's, it's missing that, that certain perspective that they can key in on and really feel like uh, be, they're, they're involved in it. Mm -hmm. Well, one of the things that when I started, I was one of the first reporters hired to do the TV stuff, and, and I was not trained in any TV stuff whatsoever. Uh, David Arrington, who you guys have had on the show before, said when he came to work for the company, this is what I want to do, get cameras in every office. And he came to me one day and said, you know, I'd like you to be my first full-time national reporter. So obviously I was flattered. And I said, uh, but I've uh, never done any of this TV thing. One of the things that as I, over the time I was doing TV, through the time that I've done Kelly and Company that I absolutely love is how we've grown, how other people have come to the table. Everyone has a different, just like each one of us in here, a different perspective, a different way of telling a story, a different curiosity about the story they're investigating and producing. 
and to look at this team like you would a CBC, CTV, all all the players on there, uh, the people you know, the familiar names, and to look at AMI and say, wow, what a roster. What a cool bunch. How much fun because everyone's doing their own thing. Everyone has their own brand. Everyone also has the skills that really they have perfected and that they're probably known for. And I think when you look at the personalities then that you throw in, you always, you know, in old broadcasting, they used to always say, oh, all those personalities, you had to have a personality. And I feel most media people do. And we certainly do at AMI uh, with where we're able to speak to different things and not just say, well, I'm talking for all of the community because that's just ridiculous. That's not possible. That's 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 conceited, ridiculous nonsense. We all, though, have a perspective that probably reflects on somebody out there who agrees, somebody who disagrees. But we're able to give those different viewpoints. So whatever story Rum produces, if I were producing it, maybe I'd take a different angle. And that's beautiful and positive for AMI. There are many kind of um, perspectives that you're hearing, you know, disagreements, agreements, relatability, non-relatability. There's just a lot of it. There's something we do on Kelly and Company called Back to Basics, and it's a week where we pick uh, some kind of some kind of theme and we talk about it from all different angles, from professionals to stories to roundtables and um, interviews. And sometimes, you know, people from uh, the medical realm will come on and talk about it. And what really that week does for me is it creates this spectrum. We already know that disability is a spectrum, but it really puts it out there. If you listen to Kelly and Company that week from Monday to Friday, um, you'll hear the ways that people view experience um, and are ignorant to or are completely acknowledging disability. There's just everything and anything. You know, if there's one thing, you'll hear the opposing side. If there uh, isn't something, you'll hear the opposite to that. The, you know, somebody talking about it the next very next day. And it's just this brilliant thing that um, Matt Agnew is the one who pitched it a few years ago that we've been doing. And I, I honestly appreciate it. Just uh, I'm so humbled when we get all these people to come on and talk about um, whatever, you know, their perspective on the theme. And we can say, wow, that's new. You know, I, I'm still learning. Like we're always still learning. And our team is so curious, um, both Matt and Jeff fully cited. And Matt always wanted to understand how we do things, whether it's how we format our script, how might Ramya, who came to us originally and was go was involved with doing teching, was involved with when it came to Kelly and company, she was actually sitting in there directing. How could she do the tech end of things since the, a lot of what, what's there now, the stuff that was at, at the time was more visual because that's a, been a goal to see how much accessibility we can get that way other than just recording stuff. Um, one, one of our, our producers at AMI, Bill Shacklin, who comes on and does the buzz, Billy does a lot of recording. Uh, now a lot of people do their own recording, send it in and the guys put it together. But that's, it's been really interesting. And Matt is very much that person that says, why? How come? Hey, I was reading. Tell me about this. I don't understand that, guys. Explain that. And when he presented the idea back to basics, the first one, it was just a hit. Um, and I, I, to this day, believe that's how we cumed a lot of the audience that we have for Kelly and Company now was that week because people saw it wasn't just the show for, for disabled people. Well, you know, it's funny, you know, it, it sound, on paper, 10 hours a week sounds like a lot of time to, to talk to people in the community and to talk about all these issues. But really, you know, the idea that, that disability is a gradient and not only that, the lived experiences can vary widely. You oh, can talk yeah. to five, five different people who share the same, say, eye condition, but they have completely different opinions and completely different lived experiences within that. It, so there's so many variables there and, and so much material there that you want to get out there and share because you know for a fact that there's somebody else out there in that audience that's going to relate to that one person, right? Yeah. Even down to how we do things, our team's adapted to the ways that we we read or where can we go use Google Docs? Can we add to a document? How do we do this and that? Ramya and I listening to our script and, and you know, re reciting back. Well, for Ramya and I, 
we thought everyone did that who had low vision or was blind. That It's a talent or a skill, just a skill anyone could pick up. Um, I'm a Braille user, but I read very little Braille. I'm not tremendously strong at it. I'm, I'm I, you know, I, but I prefer to listen. So I know when people have asked, how do you do that? Other people from the community, you know, well, I'll listen back like this. Just give it a try. I can't do that. What do you mean you can't? We We really had to, oh, Oh, okay. Uh, that is a little unusual, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, there are just different things, even collaboratively, as Kelly's pointing out, um, that we have to ask, right? It's the same thing we encourage other people to do. Please ask questions. Please don't assume. Please put your prejudice aside and just uh, give people a chance to explain uh, their situations, their disability, their, you know, talents and skills, whatever. Um, and all the time with the the amount of contributors that we work with who do have um, disabilities or don't have visible disabilities and in the way that we collaborate with scripts, with sending notes, with deadlines, with, um, you know, understanding how if, if they want to hear how much time we have left on the segment with them, if they would rather be presenting or conversational, right? There's all these different conversations we have with our contributors because we want to make sure that everyone is able to contribute in a way that they they feel good, right? And we're not just putting everyone into this um, circle and saying, okay, here's how you come on Kelly and Company and do your thing. We want to hear from people. And we have to learn how they do it, how they want to do it in that sense, because we're interacting with them and we have to know what we do or don't do. Um, to lend it to make the product sound even better. So taking the conversation a bit a bit to a higher level. So, and I've been I've been sort of since I've been really thinking about the the, the nuts wait, and wait, bolts. Wait, wait, Rob, it's it's two forty, not four twenty. <laughs> um, uh-huh. Sorry, that that actually took me a second to get. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Clearly, it's already kicked in. No, uh, that was uh, that was our version of whispering in your ear, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right. Yeah, this is what I get whispered in my ear. Guys. Derailed me. There's uh, no back channels on this program. So. <laughs> no. Uh, so I, I've been thinking about this since since we've been working on putting the show together. But it really seems to me that AMI has has built and provided this template um, on how to. To how to build a an accessible and inclusive media outlet and it just seems really interesting to me that this is really something that the mainstream media outlets could certainly take and adapt aspects of that at least to, to make to make their content uh, a lot more accessible and inclusive um, than it than it currently is, and I mean, especially you know, even the, the idea of representation. Like, why not have a visually impaired um, anchor, or why? Like, you know, obvious. It's it's very obvious that all of this can work because AMI has had it working for for years now. So I don't know any any thoughts about that, and and or, or do you do you being being in the industry, like, do you ever hear whisperings of? A mainstream media outlets trying to to make their content more accessible outside of you know what they're mandated to to sort of provide. Um, I'm going to just start, and then I'll hand to to rum there. My my thought off the top. My first involvement with was with the TV stuff where I really got a chance to see how and what difference we were making. We're not a place where we get a lot of calls and a lot of emails saying, "You guys, I like this," or "I can't stand that." Um, but I would run into people on the street who would say, hey, I saw you on TV. You were doing. So what I found interesting was their question was based on what I was doing. Weren't you scared doing that? Not because, oh, you're a blind guy. You are scared. Oh, my goodness, sir. It's so wonderful to see a person with a disability out there. They were asking questions because they saw someone they see on TV. They also wanted to engage in what we were putting on the air. For them, it was a foregone conclusion because whether they're watching Murdoch Mysteries on AMI-tv, they're still seeing Kelly and Rumya's show promoted. 
they still know, oh, okay, they're both low vision. It's no longer a surprise. And I started to see and pay attention to this around. Would I, do I, do I know of anyone off the top of my head here in Canada that's on doing CBC work who's low vision or blind? Well, maybe not on, on camera, um, on air over the years, there's been different people. And that went back into the seventies around the world. We know there's presenters that are doing newscasts in New Zealand and, and different places that are uh, totally blind. And and doing it the way that we do. But I've also noticed even down to when I see if I go to a website of a media outlet that's got a story about something going on, the, even the captioning describing the picture, the word verbiage is a bit different than it used to be before it was, you know, uh, Ramya Muthan left Kelly McDonald to the right, just telling you who the two people in the picture were. It, now there's a little more to it. And I know that comes from Meetings that AMI is involved in when it came to CBC and them wanting to do more in description. The fact that if you go on their app right now and the Paralympics, uh, Winter Olympics are, are on there, you can find stuff in an accessible format. And even on those broadcasts, there's less and less of a camera set up with no audio because they know they're aware out there is that low vision blind audience. And we're learning to speak up and say, hey, this is really cool. Congratulations, CBC or at CBC on Twitter. Rum? Yeah. So in terms of representation, I do think that we're, you know, obviously getting places. We're seeing uh, disability representation. We're uh, noticing it most definitely. And it's not just for like inspiration porn. But I think that's kind of where it's. It's hard because I don't, uh, for me personally, you know, I get really turned off when somebody is just like, it's it's the tokenism, right? It's the, oh my God, this person with a disability, let's represent the heck out of them on this uh, TV show or in our company or whatever to, to fill the mandate, to fill the quota, uh, because that is not enough. We need to get past that point and to make it so normal, so natural uh, so everywhere yeah. that disability is no longer being talked about like, hey, there's that disabled person or, hey, there's audio description available. Yay. Uh, or as you pointed out, Kels, you know, how much captioning do we find? How much uh, alt text do we find on social media? I, I heard one of your podcast episodes where you guys are talking about TikTok just not being usable with the screen reader. And to me, that's like, okay, how many how many years has TikTok been out? How much complaint have they had from the disability community, et cetera, et cetera. You know, it, there's, there's ways of looking at this where you're like, do I see disability representation? And then also as a person with a disability, am I able to access this outlet, um, this social media platform, this whatever, fill in the blank. And right. there's, there's ways to look at it from both of these um, angles to say, am I being represented, right? Is this, am I invited here? And do I see other people like me here? Mm -hmm. Right. I think it's very important to see other people. We know what AMI is doing is great, but I don't want to hear CTV or somebody say, well, that's awesome. I know of that low vision person that's on, on AMI, but I know when I was looking for work years ago, it was like, yeah, I know there's a blind fella that did radio, but you would almost swear you could read their mind. Not at my station, there won't be. Is um, AMI content measured by the BPM? Um, yes and no. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the attitude we've always had is we're privileged enough to get our funding, to do what we do, and we will say that the numbers don't always speak for... Because, for example, when you look at AMI-TV... The important thing to the CRTC is, are we serving the low vision and blind community? Well, there's no way those stats through Numeris or whatever here will tell us that. They could tell you, yes, 30,000 people are watching Murdoch Mysteries or AMI This Week or whatever it might be. But to break it down in a f where we could go to the CRTC when it comes time for our license. Yeah, this is what's happening. We have to find other ways of measurement. Do we look? Sure. Yeah. You know, do we know that Kelly and company, we're very pleased with the audience. We're very pleased with the downloads for podcasts. You know, we, uh, that's awesome. But to use it in the measurable stick, AMI looks more for other things to know so that that's what, like even testimonial letters so that we take to the CRTC when it comes time to, to let us know we're doing what we're supposed to be doing and doing it right. 
The reason why I ask is uh, I, years ago, I worked for Arbitron and Nielsen, which is the U.S. leaders yeah. of Fort media measurement for anyone who's listening who has no idea why I'm geeking out about this. And uh, the BBM is the Canadian version of media measurement. And um, so I had actually presented to the BBM eons ago as a representative from from Arbitron. And so I, I, I definitely can see so many advantages to getting some of the metrics that maybe you can't see in a server stat necessarily, that maybe you might be getting some surprising insights in yeah. terms of who you guys are reaching. Exactly. Well, with the podcast, we know that a lot of that's being done and, and has been done um, so that they can examine who is, is listening, where mostly for us, what part of the country, for example, is listening. When it comes to our delivery, which for people who don't know, AMI-TV obviously delivered on TV, AMI-audio also delivered on on TV, and same with AMI-Tele. For a lot of people to think of an audio service being delivered on, well, what, what's that all about? Well, people had to start getting used to the, the Stingray channels and and for a good while, uh, radio stations were carried that way too. A lot of them, when they got rid of the old FM FM cable uh, stations, they went to putting them on TV. So people had the discipline to 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 consume it that way. And we've been lucky enough to notice that with AMI audio through those numbers, <laughs> that more people are consuming. So, but you're totally right. If we could, if we broke it down, and we do with more of the podcast stuff. Uh, to look at what people are looking for, what they're listening to. We also have consultants uh, and they check out a lot of things, polling people to see what stuff should Kelly and company keep on there? What stuff should, should they be doing? What do you like? What don't you like? Well, I think you guys are already doing it right. You've got integrated audio description. You've got captioning. There's no other television station in Canada that is providing the level of inclusion that AMI is. So screw the numbers. No, but the, no, 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 no. Don't screw the numbers because sometimes the numbers will show that they are doing so many things right and they are reaching people that are very unexpected. And it's sort of sending that message that other organizations should make right. their content this accessible mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. they're missing out. So that's why I'm saying right. about digging in through some of the... Well, uh, some of yeah, the data. And it's an interesting because it's a guarantee, obviously, when we sit here and say, oh, so many thousand listen to Kelly and company, so many thousand are watching th this program. We know, obviously, how many of them are low vision blind people? How many are from the disability community? Well, if you clump all the disability community together, you know, that's still a far cry from the, <laughs> quote, number of, I, I don't even want to say able body, whatever term, you know, people are comfortable or using. <laughs> yes, non-disabled, whatever <laughs> we're comfortable to use. Did, didn't someone call them the CITES on the show? Yeah, the non-physically non inconvenience, whatever you want to call it. Right? <laughs> um, but the, the, the folks listening in or watching, it's it's a very but I I think it's a wonderful thing because some people say well hold on but your target audience no our target audience is everyone because those people who can't necessarily relate who don't have the disability are walking away knowing stuff and I totally feel that when we meet people that the, the people have become much more savvy. You know I've been thinking about this and I actually talked to Ryan earlier in the day um, we bumped heads earlier and uh, we were talking about radio in general. Um, because, you know, it does on the surface, it, it does sort of seem like radio might be struggling right now because just because of all the competition that it has, because now we have, you know, terrestrial radio has is in competition with stuff like satellite radio and, um, you know, all the streaming services and people these days, you know, even even social media platforms, you know, they'll go to social media platforms for their news and that's how they'll consume their news. Um, but, but the thing about look, I'm going to jump in with you, Rob, on this yeah, no, because the, the the thing about terrestrial radio that it has over satellite is that number one, first of all, it's free, and you know with all of these paid services that people are logging on, whether it be video, audio, this, that, and everything else, now people are kind of paring it down and saying, well, now I'm going to start to get rid of the things that I'm not really using, and there's always going to be that local factor. 
paid I mean, satellite cannot tell you what's happening right in your community locally right. exactly and yeah. that's what that and and you know having been working in because i came from broadcasting obviously is, is that as long as radio stations hold on to that local part where they're really engaged in that community that is what's always going to give them the edge mm. and the keep problem them with the local afloat that you see the ones who are holding on who can hold their own generally are in larger markets so they can have the staff there later at night all the smaller or medium are really nine to five it seems okay sorry 6 a.m to 6 p.m let's say where they actually have people around and it's hurting a lot of broad well, on the weekend when things go on in any given town or city is there a team or are we actually going to news channel to, to look and that's what a lot of people are doing Who's tuning in at a certain time of day for a certain anything, right? Yeah. That's, that's another yeah. factor to just right. throw in there. You on know, demand. Everything is on demand and everything is given to us if it's accessible to you in some kind of digestible form. You can literally just scroll through headlines for hours for the same amount of time that you could be listening to this podcast or to Kelly and Company, right? You could just be scrolling through headlines. And to some people, that's just more digestible than sitting there and, and listening to people talk about stuff so uh, yeah there there is a lot of like adapt adaptability mm. that has to happen for certain mediums to be able to survive this demand and just so much individual access that people have look what yeah. happened to am am has been changing or trying to fight for its life since late 80s early 90s it really has when you think of the days when there were hit radio stations no one minded listening to you know your favorite song on am radio and as soon as fm started more moving to that and leaving album rock and classical music and and easy listening and went to playing a lot more pop and hip-hop and so on people got rid so am said oh we better start doing sports and talk yeah well, and you know, you know, not to go too far down another rabbit hole, but you know, I think a lot of people would also argue that that's part of the part of the social problems that we're having right now is that it's way too easy for people to consume media in a bubble and you know just click on the links that they agree with, and they're, if they're not sitting and listening to an actual news show that's providing a variety of different topics from a variety of different people, it you know you know you you can lose yourself in these in these bubbles and go off the rails you miss perspective and balance if you're too busy looking at headlines yeah everything's like a rabbit hole right if you if it's not in your radar aka the algorithm that this uh platform has developed for you then you're not going to run into it unless of course you're talking talking to friends and somebody gives you you know a candid uh recommendation then you're not going to get that you could just be scrolling for hours in that bubble, as you called it. Yeah. I'm curious to know, this is just for general. So have you guys been watching the Paralympics at all? Um, I watched a lot more summer than I've watched winter, mainly due to the timing um, of it. And, and I was actually uh, looking at the CBC app saying, okay, I want to I watch a bit more. But no, I haven't watched much yet. Yeah, well, that's right. I mean, like, let's be honest, this year, it, it's just plain old bad, bad timing it's yeah it's bad timing <laughs> on the paralympics uh part summer was great although yeah yeah it was um but i, I will say that it really because I, I remember venting about this early early on in in the lifetime of this show um so that was you know five six years ago nobody had paralympics coverage i think cbc had some but like it was non-existent on on um, channels like NBC and stuff. And I noticed that this year for these Olympics, uh, you know, these Paralympics, um, they they do. They have primetime content. And not only that, it's it's audio described. They seem to be making some strides in, in trying to make it more accessible. Mm -hmm. um, how do we how do we feel in that? Like, have we have we come a, a long way? Are we on the right path? Huge. Um, Scott Russell over there at CBC is probably a huge reason. The interaction that uh, CBC and commitment they have wanted to make and, and they're sit in on the users group and stuff like that with AMI, um, they were one of the first to really start wanting to be more inclusive with audio description and programming. Uh, even before CRTC started, okay, you guys, you're going to have to have at nighttime this amount available. So I've been really impressed, but I think what the game changer in a lot of ways is so many of us have access to utilizing 
casting stuff from our devices, which have made the world of accessibility for us. So to go on the CBC Gem app or wherever, click and say, oh, oh, curling, Canada versus Germany. Cool. It, it's not a big deal. The access part of it is, I think, the, you know, the finally moment for me, because even when there was coverage, it wasn't audio described. It wasn't captioned. It wasn't uh, accessible for people with disabilities to yeah. be watching the disability content and, and uh, you know, shout it out. So, of course, that's just ironic. And then when um, CBC started audio describing it, I was like, okay, great. Now we can actually watch the Paralympics. Thank they you. could do more. Like on the app, you are getting tons of stuff that isn't audio described. You hope the announcers do what we do and it's integrated. And I found that with... That is pretty, it's pretty good, but I'm certainly sure a lot of real fans would be frustrated and say, you know, hey, man, I didn't know what was going on there, uh, you know, when it comes to bocce or whatever it might be. Um, it, it's really, it's getting there. I think where some people get carried away, we're, we're excited just because it's available. Exactly. Well, that was a lot. Guys, I want to thank you from the bottom of our little hearts uh, for coming on, uh, especially during your break um to talk to us um we've wanted to talk to you guys for a while and we just haven't had the the courage to do it so ryan had some liquid courage he shot some tequila but i've got connections at ami now so greg look out i'm coming back coming back for more Uh, well thanks for inviting us guys uh and thanks for doing such a great job with your podcast it's it's always really exciting and you have so many great people and awesome at, at having fun and and your interview work Will you guys come back? Sure. Oh, Rum's got nothing else to do, and I for sure have nothing else to do. <laughs> oh, only if that's the case, is it? Nothing else to do? <laughs> and as long as it's not date night. Oh, that's right, too. Yeah. Don't don't mess with date night. Well, listen, we'll, we will invite you all guys back on so you can help us celebrate the big launch of Ryan's TikTok channel that we've been talking about. It'll be accessible, right? Yeah, it's right. totally. Okay. It's going to be audio. We're going to get yeah. Jade yeah. Hunt. I'm already working on the audio description for the dance. <laughs> All right. Well, I make, make us part of your live show too. When you do the whole week of live, live, do that. A week of live. Wow. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, oh, right up. I like that. On Wednesday, it'll be it'll be old hat. <laughs> Excellent. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks again, guys, and best of luck. Oh wait, where can where the heck can people find you guys? But I think we already know. But but tell anybody who's who's under that rock uh, where they can find you guys uh, every weekday. On AMI-audio, so if you go to amiaudio.ca, you can stream us live 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern time uh, on there. But, of course, we're also available on podcasts. All of our content is podcasted out every day as well. So you can check us out on your favorite podcasting platform. Just search for Kelly and Company. Man, so you guys are professional. Every day, Rob. You hear that? I know. They, they record, they edit, boom, out. Oh, shut up. <laughs> Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks for taking those. Uh, take those notes, right? Uh, That's right. <laughs> All right, guys. Best of luck. Take care. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll most certainly talk to you guys again. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Appreciate it. Bye. Bye. I was interviewed on AMI a while back. I don't think me, it ever made air. I was a me stiff. Me too. <laughs> Wait, I thought you were. Yes, you did. Wait, yes, they did. Didn't they air that? They aired that. Did they air it? I thought so. You no, talked so. about the time they, they came to the Aroga offices. No, and... no, I did another interview after that. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, With after Canada they started Tech? Canadian Assistive Technology. Oh, yeah. no kidding. Yeah. Oh, I bet you they aired it. I don't think they did. What? I was, I was just totally off that day. Oh. <laughs> I think I was, I, I think I was literally the worst uh interview that uh, grant hardy'd ever had oh i'm sure that's not true but... well i don't know all the interviews he's had i know i was bad <laughs> there's some clunkers i'm sure he's there's some other clunkers but yeah i know it's hard i can imagine i would fold uh if i if i had to do a tv interview i could not do it i was on one of their shows i was featured for one of the international women's days really yeah oh, how long ago was that i didn't know that uh, that was uh, back when I had my previous podcast. No kidding. Yeah, back in my access point days, yep. Mm-hmm. Huh. Wow, I didn't realize you had an AMI connection. I do, yeah. And I had one of the, I had interviewed Christine Ha, who uh-huh. had the show Four Senses. 
Right. Um, she was the one. She was the first blind contestant to ever win the major major cooking competition. Yeah, we had yeah. her. Yeah, we had her as yeah. well. Yeah. 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 She's great. Yeah. She, yeah, yeah, we I'm, got her too, Liz. Yeah. I had her first. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. <laughs> Dates on that. <laughs> We're gonna have to go there. through the art. We're gonna go through the archives, right? <laughs> I mean, she was pretty early on. That, I think she was might have been her her first big get. I, mean, yeah, I think it was right after she won Master Chef. Yeah, I think, I think it was the first year of the podcast. Yeah. I'll have to, have to go back and check. We'll compare notes, Liz. We'll compare, yeah, sure. Yeah, we'll compare. <laughs> uh, that was fun. That was yeah. great to talk to those guys. Um, I, you know, I'm always amazed to hear, like, broadcasting voices, and it's just like, oh, my God, they're so professional. Well, they got higher quality mics, too, higher quality gear. It's all about the mics. It's true. Yeah. It's true. They don't have CPU fans running in the background. That's right. <laughs> see, see, Kelly, see Kelly deal with that. You wouldn't say <laughs> anybody could sound good with good equipment. He wouldn't last wouldn't last a minute if he had to broadcast from a cave like us. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like try dealing with my cat and garbage trucks coming up and down the street. Oh my well, god, can I just tell them. you that we're oh sorry. No, go ahead. <laughs> My dog has terrible gas <laughs> and she sits underneath my chair during recording. And the whole time I'm thinking, oh, my God, I hope this episode wraps up pretty soon because I just start like <laughs> getting fans going in here. I'm sorry. Yeah, totally. I don't know. I'm sorry. I don't know why I had to share that. But I... no, that's... I, I'm not I'm, I'm a little concerned about your your commitment level to this podcast. <laughs> That's right. I can't do the podcast. My dog has gas. That's right. If you have if you have any had any idea of what I've just been sitting through, you would never question my commitment to this podcast. I, I did notice that your voice seemed a little higher than usual. I did. Yeah, she's drugged up. <laughs> that was me holding my nose. <laughs> oh God. Oh. oh my sweet doggy. She's so she's such a good sport. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. I'm the good sport, but she's she's good. She's a good. She's a good baby. Wait, what's her name? Madison. Okay. And what kind of dog is she? She's a very fancy Caton de Tulliar. What the hell is that? Yeah. So for any of you like facto freakos who want to look it up, um, this is the official dog of Madagascar. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 A real, real AKC. It's a real breed. It's not just Mm -hmm. a, you know, I'm not, I'm not BSing you. Caton de Tulliar. Did you have have pictures? It's mm-hmm. small and white and fluffy. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And gassy, apparently. Very gassy. <laughs> that, was, that was not in the brochure. When you... <laughs> it was yes. in the fine print. I couldn't see it. You got to stop feeding her craft dinner. I know, man. She got into my, she got into my good stuff or something. <laughs> yeah. All, all right. right. Well, all right. Get out of here. Uh, hey, Liz. Yes, Rob. Where can people find us? We are online at atbanter.com. Was anybody else really shocked that um, that uh, Ramya said that she listened to the podcast? And she, she knew, uh, <laughs> no, you know, no, because they're professionals. They do their homework. You think so? You think it was yes. just homework? Or do you yeah, think no, she's not. I, I, I'd be surprised if she's a regular listener, but I could be wrong. Yeah. All right. They wanted to oh. check us out, make sure we were yep, legit. Exactly. You think so? Wow. Well, maybe. All right. Well, they keep. They okay, keep, maybe. They you keep know. emailing us saying, you know, do you want this person? Do you want this person? Do you want this person? So, they're interested in us. Yeah. Who knows? Well, I'm. I'm going with. I'm going with. She listened to a few. She knew the TikTok, so that must. That's. That's, that's true. Been that in the last couple. <laughs> yeah. And we've talked about that on multiple ones. So. That's true. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, anyways, hey, they can also drop us an email if they so desire at cowbell at uh, atbanter.com. And if they want to reach us on the social media, we are on Twitter and Facebook, and we are at underscore banter at Twitter. And uh, we are, uh, what are we on Facebook? We are <laughs> facebook.com slash atbanter. No underscore on that one. Man, well look done. at Steve Ooh. rubbing it. Represent. face after Ryan threw him under the bus the other Man. episode. I'm impressed. I like it. That was pretty slick. 
Yeah, but, all that was missing at the end of that was eat it, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> it was implied. <laughs> it was. It was a very good subject. It usually is. <laughs> all right. Hey, Steve, did did Liz tell you that she got uh, she got the cowbell? Yes. I got my yeah. cowbell. I'm yeah. a yeah. yeah. So, question: give, Is give, it the same it cowbell it. that you're selling on the website? Yeah, same one. Yeah. The little okay. tin ones, because I thought you had different ones made. No, no, just the tin ones. Okay, give us, give us a. I mean, they're bigger than the original ones. Oh, okay. Oh, are they? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Hey, give us, give us a, give us a cowbell there, Liz. Okay. I don't know if mine sounds as robust. I think mine's Mm. my cowbell light, but. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, the one I, the one I have here doesn't have a a ding or bell in it. I hit it with a drumstick, and it's probably, I don't know, eight Uh, to ten inches tall and you know, six inches wide. So no, I think you, yeah, you haven't, I've got a drum, a drum kit cowbell. Okay. So my, my cowbell has like private parts that dangle. Yeah. Mine doesn't have any danglers. You don't have any danglers? No. Maybe, maybe we should, maybe we need to swap. No. Okay. Yeah, I can ha- I can I can handle a, ca- a cowbell that has dangling parts. I got it. But no, I but it. no, I but this. I feel like real ca- don't hold on. Let, let's let's okay. We're talking about two different two different things because I feel like an actual cowbell that you would put on a cow would have a bell in it. Would have would have the, would the nuts. Yes. So, yeah, it would have the it would have the the dangling the dangling, parts. The dangling yes. parts. Yeah, you'd yes. have to, right? But like a musician's the, cowbell. That's right. The one that you hear on Don't Fear the Reaper is yeah, that's right. So Ryan's, yeah. Cowbell. So, you know, I'm really liking that, but I think we need more <laughs> cowbell. <laughs> this is a good analysis on cowbells. I'm, re- I know, I'm really this impressed. Is, this, is, this is why we're an award-winning podcast. This is, this is why we have an audience of eight people. I, I, listen, uh, we're, I, I, who else would dissect the cowbell like this? It's really? true. Well, listen, and we don't even, you know, ask us the question, why, what's the deal with the cowbell? And we will just tell you, I don't know, Steve just showed up one day and had a cowbell is that what it was because i was thinking about that the other day and i have no idea why where we got the idea for a cowbell am i am i remembering that correctly steve i'm pretty sure you just got us a cowbell for i don't know why and you just showed up with it and we i think we joked for a couple episodes about how our podcast needed more cowbell and i got a cowbell (laughs) maybe that's Pretty, pretty sure that's what it was excellent Ah, so well, there you go. So another bit lifted from Will Ferrell on Saturday Night Live, and here we are. We're running with it. <laughs> Come and get it. <laughs> Chow's on the table. I, I smell a spinoff TikTok uh, channel <laughs> where Ryan <laughs> playing the cowboy. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, I can smell this as dog. <laughs> well, there's worse things on TikTok. You could actually launch the launch yourself a channel and just talk about how your dog smells. I'm, it's coming. And people would watch. I yeah. Know. There you go. Yeah. Coming soon. All right. Ooh. Well, <laughs> all right. Let's get out of here. Is that weird? Are we done? We're Is done. That, okay. Yep. We're done. All right. <laughs> Thanks, everybody for listening in uh, yet another week. And uh, of course, big thanks to Kelly and Rumya for joining us and talking with us. And we will see everybody next week. This podcast has been brought to you by Canadian Assistive Technology, providing low vision and blindness solutions across Canada. Find us online at www.canastech.com. That's C-A-N-A-S-S-T-E-C-H.com or call us toll-free at 1-844-795-8324. For all your assistive technology servicing needs, call Chaos Technical Services at 778-847-6840 or find them online at chaostechnicalservices.com.